I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Today we've got something different for you. Information and resources for the autodidact in you. That's right. If you're the kind of person who is highly motivated and curious to learn more about poetry and how to write better poetry, I've got some resources here to tell you about, and there are many. First, let me mention an old friend, Coursera.org. C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A. They offer online courses free. Well, you can pay $49 if you'd like them to give you a certificate for completing everything in the course. But I think it's a better resource if you just sign up for the class, don't pay the money, and then you have access to the resources and the assignments, and you just do whatever you want to do. It's completely independent that way. There's no deadline, and uh, the material is just there. So they just put up a course that's, at least I just noticed, and it's quite good. I've looked through the whole thing. It's called Sharpened Visions, a Poetry Workshop. Now, the level of the content as it's presented is quite introductory, but if you already know a lot about poetry, I think you'll still find it interesting and stimulating. The prof is a person named Douglas Kearney. He's the California Institute for the Arts. There are six weeks of topics, but uh, I had a lot of time on my hands the last couple of days, and I went through the whole course. I uh, didn't do all of the assignments, but I watched all the little videos and, and read what was there to read, and I did some of the assignments, and the ones I did were quite impressive. How would you like to take an existing, well-known piece of poetry, and you're presented with it, as a block of type, not as a poem. This was one of the assignments to teach about the line in this Coursera course. So what's the assignment? You've got the the words just typed across the page all the way to the right-hand border, like it's not a poem. No punctuation, no commas, no capitals, no nothing. And your assignment is to take that block and redo it as a poem. Now, I thought this was sort of interesting, so I decided to do it. Well, it turned out that the block of print that they gave was the very famous Macbeth speech. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in its petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, etc. And, uh, I, what was most interesting, actually, was after I did breaking it up and punctuating it as I thought it should go, they had a link so you could go see how good old Shakespeare did it originally. And so I found it interesting. We agreed on the first four or five lines, but when it came to out-out brief candle, I thought that deserved it to start its own line. And uh, Willie just let it continue with uh, the words that preceded it. But it was very interesting. It was part of teaching about the use of the line, the use of the line break, uh, talking about the impact of that, that sort of thing. Another one of his assignments for the line was to just take any paragraph and just break it into appropriate lines as if it were a poem to give it the kind of rhythm you'd like to give it. I just thought it was very simple and very, very effective. Other topics in this class are abstraction and image, metaphor and other forms of difference, 
Rhyme, Rhythm, and Revision Strategies. With the topic of rhyme, the prof did a very interesting thing, I think. He talked more about sound. It was not a simplistic approach. In fact, the example poem he looked at with uh, a little bit of depth was by Kathy Park Hung, Ballad in A. And it's a lipogram. A lipogram is a poem in which the uh, poet restricts the use of certain letters. In this case, it's ballad in A because the only vowel she uses is the letter A. And so it's quite interesting to hear the poem read and think about how many uh, of those A sounds resonate throughout the entire poem because it just works out that way if you write a poem and the only vowel you use is an A. The videos are very short, uh, and the manuscript for what is being said appears right below the video when he's doing a video. The final chapter is about revision, and that was rather interesting, too. He distinguishes editing from revision. His idea of revision is getting a kind of a new concept of where the poem's going. It's not just putting in commas or maybe looking at your diction and changing a word or two. So I thought that was pretty good. Now... While we're still with Coursera, there's an old favorite, modern and contemporary American poetry, which they nickname Modpo. Modpo's been around a while. I first signed up for it years ago, and uh, I didn't do the assignments. I signed up because I they had a lot of good resources. It uh, basically goes right through it from Emily Dickinson and Walt Whitman, that's the first session, right up to something that's very contemporary, conceptualism and unoriginality. Along the way, before we get to that, we've got Imagism, Communist Poets of the 30s, the Harlem Renaissance, Frost, Formalism in the 50s, followed by the Beats, the New York School, Language Poets. So it really goes right through it. And as I said, there are a lot of good resources here. And you can drop in and maybe read a poem they're using as an example or analyzing. Uh, And this thing has become a major mega kind of thing from my viewpoint i mean they have a podcast they periodically have little discussions with panels on individual poems uh, a whole lot of things have, have been growing out of basic modpo the course is a 10-week session and it even has a facebook page so that's modern and contemporary american poetry but now something i'm quite excited to tell you about let me say the best for last is called Ubu, U-B-U dot com. And what they say is all avant-garde all the time. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, they've got the topics that they have that they list. For instance, I, I looked at one, film and video. There must have been 500 films listed. And I watched a very interesting one by Hans Richter. Uh, that was released in 1957. And they called it Part Freud, Part Lewis Carroll, Fairy Tale for the Subconscious Based on a Game of Chess. And it's called 8x8, A Chess Sonata. So that gives you an idea. There's so much there, I I can't even attempt to tell you. In In the sound section, there are audio recordings. Poets I never heard of doing strange experimental things. Um, And they have other particular projects. So ubu.com is something to go to when you've got a little time to explore around and you're feeling really open-minded, I'd say, because uh, 
You don't know what you're going to find. And experimental stuff, you know, sometimes it's brilliant and sometimes it seems kind of self-indulgent and juvenile or whatever. But it's it, if you want to learn things and you're curious, then this is the kind of thing you want to drop into every once in a while. You never know what it will stimulate in your mind that might encourage your your own creative self to come out with something new. And finally, something that's pretty elementary, uh, pen sound. You've got to check out Penn Sound if you haven't. If you'd like to hear some of the some of the classic folks of the early 20th century actually recorded. They've got four recordings of William Carlos Williams doing the Red Wheelbarrow. Or how about Robert Frost? Or how about Yeats? I find it kind of exciting to hear these really old recordings uh, and just know what the poet really sounded like um, with a poem that's familiar. And so that's, that's what I'm talking today. You know, um, workshops are good and courses are good and a lot of things are good for helping you learn poetry. But hearing poetry and writing poetry and reading poetry is what they all say. You know, we all say, you want to write better poems? Read more poems. And so uh, these are some resources that I would highly encourage you. People can't believe sometimes that, that you really are completely free to do what you want on Coursera. It's like going to the library. You're not sure you like the book, so check it out anyway. The price is right. So you got a Coursera course, why not sign up? The price is right. And if you like one chapter, well, that's a worthwhile experience. So, hey, I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this has been Poetry Spoken Here. Join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter-Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetryspokenhere. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetryspokenhere. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.